Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning I want to share with you out of two scriptures. Normally I I limit myself to one passage of scripture and only preach out of it, but this morning I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 118. We'll be there for a brief moment in time. A couple of years back, Robin and I took the girls to Washington, D.C., and we after we spent a, almost a week in, in Virginia and enjoyed ourselves up in the mountains, we went to Washington, D.C. because we wanted to show the girls all the monuments there in Washington, D.C. And I love going to the Smithsonian Museum. I could spend all day in, in just one of the buildings. And my girls found out that that's true. Uh, I can just about spend a whole day in one building. Uh, they're done in about an hour and a half uh, looking at everything in a whole building and I'm just finishing up one exhibit in in the Smithsonian. But I love going to museums. I love seeing uh, history. I love uh, experiencing all those things. And we, uh, we had a hotel that was kind of centrally located, so we walked to a lot of the things that we wanted to see. We were very close to all the things that were there in Washington, D.C. And one of the things that we did as we were walking past, I noticed a, a, an area that had a lot of security. I mean, there was Secret Service, and it wasn't the White House. We had gone to the White House and saw that, and and had our pictures there in front of the fountain and everything and we had a good time looking at the white house and all that but we as we were walking past it was just an unassuming drive uh past some different things that were there and we were headed back to the hotel and and we didn't really notice it until we got up on it uh, there there in this round building, you wouldn't have known anything was special about it except for all of the security, all of the secret service, all the important uh, uh, looking people that were there with serious faces and they had bars on the windows and everything. It is the National Observatory. And uh, in that building, in that round building behind those uh, barred windows are... Uh, 28 clocks and those 28 clocks are uh, four of them are uh, with one type of atom and another uh, 24 of them are with a different kind of atom and they're bombarded every moment of the day with lasers and microwaves and uh, those those lasers of microwaves bombarding those atoms caused them to move in a regular order to the point where we are able to determine what time it is. Each, each time they move is a second. And we, uh, that information is fed into a computer and it goes throughout the whole nation and it keeps all of us in the nation on time. 
That's where the nowadays you just take out your phone and you look at it and you see what time it is and you go on your business. But that time is regulated by what they observe in the National Observatory there in Washington, D.C., the Naval Observatory. Uh, that information is also sent to a science building outside of Paris and uh, that information is fed in with information that's uh, fed in from all over the world and that is the international weights and measures uh, facility and that's where the time for the whole world is determined and time is something that up until a few hundred years ago was just whatever you determine. Before 1883, if this town wanted to say it was 4 o'clock, the next town over, uh, Pelham could say it was 4 o'clock, and over in uh, Camilla, they could say, no, it's 4.30, or it's 4.15. And over in Meigs, they could say, no, it is 3.45. But with the advent of trains and with schedules, there had to be a common time for everybody. There had to be a time for everything. And new phrases entered into the lexicon of, of our vocabulary. Things like uh, 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 being on time, those phrases that deal with uh, missing the train and, and all those phrases related to uh, being out of time and, and missing time and making up time, all those phrases came into existence with the advent of the train and, and with uh, the train schedules and everything that related to uh, travel on the train. And I say that because for a lot of us, uh, we think about time in... Uh, different ways. And for a lot of us, we think of time as in terms of uh, having no more time or having just enough time. We don't think about time a whole lot until we have no more time. Until something happens in our life that we realize that we're out of time. Things like the loss of a loved one. Or you go to the doctor's office and you find out that uh, you have a terminal uh, disease and you find out that you one of the first things you ask the doctor after he tells you you've got cancer or, or leukemia or anything else like that is, how much time do I have left? Time is important. All of us have the same amount of time. This young child over here has the same 24 hours as the oldest person in here has. The same 24 hours. What we do with it is what makes the difference. Now I want to direct your attention to Psalm 118. And uh, the psalmist here talks about time in a very special way. He says in verse 23, a phrase that a lot of you probably know and didn't even realize it came out of the Bible. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. That was a phrase that I used to love to start church with uh, a few years back. And when I was in a church that everybody came in and they looked like they had been sucking on pickles all the time. Mm. 
<laughs> they looked like they had been in a, in a lemon eating contest. Just everybody just having a mean expression on their face and ugly and didn't have any joy in their life. And so I, I tried to remind them that, that each day was a gift from God, that each day was something that God had given us. So I said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I want you to think about that for a minute. That word made there is the same Hebrew word that is found in Genesis when we're told about God creating the heavens and the earth. When it says in the beginning, God created light and darkness, and in that day He created something new. He created something that had never existed for all eternity past. He created the day. Think about that. God existed without the concept of days because He didn't need a day. But when He was about to create mankind and all of creation, the first thing He created was the day so that we might understand that God is giving us the day. Every day that you and I have is a gift from God. That's the second thing I want you to see there. It says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. This is, is and hath are past tense. Because God made it and God gave it to us and God is giving you today. God gave you this day as a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yesterday is called the past and tomorrow is called the future, but today is called the present. It is a gift of God. God gave it to you to live as He would have you to live. And God calls you to live this day. He says you are to rejoice in it. Even when things go bad, even when things are difficult, the reason that you can rejoice in it is because it is a gift. It is a gift from God. It is something that is precious. It's something... Listen, today is something that you have today and you'll never have again. Tomorrow is gone and it'll never be here again. And so what you do with today is important because what you do with it today is either you make the most of it or you what? You waste it. You've lost it because you have wasted it and you'll never have today again think about a Monday a week ago you had a day like most other days and then a few short days later the world changed the world changed and you, wish, you can wish with all of your heart that you had one more day, one more with a loved one. You won't ever have it again. Not on this earth. So today is precious. And what you do with today is precious. And what you decide today is precious. Because you'll never have the opportunity that you have right now at this moment again. And so it's a gift of God. It's a precious gift. 
A gift you won't have back again. Now look at with me at the second part of my scripture today. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5. To make it real for us today, not just in that each day is given to us by God and it's a gift of God, but Ephesians 5 gives us direction as to how we're to live each day. How can we live today as if God is made today and it is a gift of God? How can I make the most of that day? How can I make sure that I don't waste today? How can I make sure that, that, that I do everything I can with today? <clears throat> Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly and, and not as fools but as wise. Paul says, make sure that you are living each day in wisdom. Make sure that you live not like the foolish people that just waste their day, that waste the moment of their life, but walk wisely. Make sure that your life is uh, is walking in wisdom. And, And that's really what I want us to focus on is how can we live our life in wisdom? How can we live with wise choices? Well, we talked about that some last week about making sure that we walk wisely and we looked at how the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, was able to do that. But Paul says in a nutshell, he says in verse 16, redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, he's not saying, look, uh, that each day is evil, but he's saying redeem the time. Make sure you make the most of your time. Make sure that you live your life not wasting your day because that's evil. If you just sit around and don't do anything anything at all and you don't do the things you know you're supposed to do, that, that is akin to being evil in your day. It's allowing your day to be just... That gift of God that God gave you that is so precious, that gift that is, that is fleeting, that's here now and, and is gone in a breath, if you don't make the most of it, it's evil. Redeem the time. Make the most of your time. Do everything you can <coughs> Excuse me, to live wisely. Now, how can, how can we do that? Well, if we're not living for the Lord, then we're wasting our time. If we're not living our life as God would have us to live, we're wasting our, our, our breath, we're wasting our moments, we're wasting the day. There's a lot of people that, that, that say, you know, well, uh, I, I have to make everything I can. And, and you can, look, you can fill your day with a lot of busyness. I was talking to someone uh, just the other day about how my mom would would always get up while we were all eating. If we said anything about anything, she'd get up and go get it and come back. And, and she, was always, she was sometimes so busy going and getting stuff for us as children and, and, and for my father while we were eating that sometimes she would have a hard time eating her own meal. It would get cold before she would have a chance to eat it. And it wasn't because we couldn't get up and get it. It's just that she was up and gone and got getting it before we had a chance even to, to get it ourselves. 
And we had to tell her, Mom, sit down. Please don't get up. Make sure that you enjoy your meal while we're enjoying our meal. You can do a lot of busyness and you can be busy about a lot of things, but you're not accomplishing anything at all. You can do that like my, my mom was, was so concerned about her own welfare, she wasn't concerned about her own welfare. Why? Because she loved us. But there's sometimes, there, there comes a time when it is a detriment more than a benefit. We've got to make sure that we're not just simply being busy about things in our life. And we do that. We get busy about things. We get busy about our job. We get busy about looking after each other. We get busy about uh, taking care of the house and making sure it's clean and making sure that, that uh, there's food on the table, making sure that there's all the things that, that we think is so important. But we miss out on what's truly essential, what's truly important. There's a difference between urgent and important. Urgent will cause some things to become important. And sometimes important will cause things to become urgent. We've got to make sure that we make a distinction between urgent and important. Important is something that has to be done. Urgent is something that needs to be done right away. Not everything is urgent that's important. Not everything that's important is urgent. We've got to make sure that we make the time for the most important thing of all. And that's having a right relationship with God. This is the day that the Lord hath made. He's made this day for you. He's made this day specifically for you. You don't believe it? Like that, you could be taken out of this day. And then this day is no longer important for you when you're no longer here. And every other day that went before is suddenly more important because you don't have it anymore. You need to make the most of this day. And the way you make the most of this day is to have a right relationship with God. To have a relationship of love. To have that kind of relationship that is born on the fact that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross of Calvary and make sure that you have accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. That is the most important thing and it is the most urgent thing in your life. Because we're not assured of another day that God will create for us. We only have so many days that God has created for us. We need to make the most of it. Redeem the day. Redeem the day that God has created for you. Make sure that you are living wisely by having a relationship with Him. Because guess what? When you begin to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, even though your days are numbered on this earth, your days will be for all eternity in heaven. And I guarantee you, if you don't accept Jesus into your life, you'll have all eternity somewhere else to think about it. Today is short. Today's 24 hours. Today is a day that you will live and then it'll be over before you realize it. 
You may be involved in some things that today that, that may cause your day to feel like it's longer, but I guarantee you it's not any longer than any other day. You may be involved in uh, you know things like uh, receiving dialysis or going to the hospital or, or being sick or whatever. It might make today seem so long, but it's not any longer than any other day. It's just the same as any other day that God has created and given to you. But what you do in that day is how it makes your day feel. You might do some other things that might cause your day to seem as though it is so short. And let me tell you something, there are some things you can do that might make your day feel short for some and long for others. Like you might go to Universal Studios and your day might seem like it is so short because you're having so much fun. But for mom and dad, it'll seem so long because while they're having fun, it's not the thing they always want to do. Or you could be doing some other things. You could be doing your taxes and it might seem like a long day. Or else you might be seeing your return on your taxes and you might be saying, hey, <laughs> this day can't be long enough. But what you do with that day is what makes it important. And if you haven't given your heart and life to Jesus Christ today, today's the day to do that. Make today the most important day of your life. Make today the day, the best day of your life by giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Make sure that your life is in His hands because when your life is in His hands, your day is always a day to rejoice. We'll be glad and rejoice in it because it is a day that God has given us and that we're living in the very presence of God, that God has us in the palm of His hand. And let me tell you something. The Bible tells us that when we are a child of God, that He has us within the palm of His hands and He places His other hand upon us. And we're safe and we're secure. There's nothing in this world that can harm us. And God has us exactly where we want. He wants us to be. So even when death does come, it's exactly where God intends for us to be. Because we're no longer living our days on this world, but we're living our days with Him. We're rejoicing not in the day here, but we're rejoicing in all eternity there in His presence. If you haven't accepted Jesus in your life, make today the day, the day you can rejoice. Allow Jesus to come in. Allow Him to enter into your life and make the wisest choice you can ever make. Or either you can live like a fool. The Bible says that those who deny that God exists are fools. Don't believe me? Look it up. The fool says that, the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's right out of the Bible. You want to live like a fool? Or you want to live in all wisdom? Living for God. Giving each day to Him. Redeeming your time for Him. I hope that you will live wisely and give your heart and life to Him. And if you are a Christian, I hope you're living each day wisely, living for Jesus, living and doing as He calls you to live.
Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much that You love us and we praise You that You've given us this day to live for You, to exalt You and glorify You, to rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, Father, that You'd help us to live for You, to exalt You and to... Lord, that if there's someone here today that doesn't know You as Savior and Lord, that they'll give their life to You today and invite You into their heart and life, that today would be a day of rejoicing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.